Hello, and welcome to the Brain Mastery Podcast, brought to you by ABI Wellness. This series features renowned experts on brain injury, brain health, and rehabilitation. Be sure to visit abiwellness.com for more resources. Welcome back to the Brain Mastery Podcast. Today's episode, I'd like to provide just a little bit of some of the learnings that we're going to get into today. We're going to learn a lot about rehabilitation, physical therapy, innovation, how to really blend care models into community to optimize impact and, and really the role that you know collaboration and communication plays in bringing innovation to the forefront to ultimately improve outcomes and to, to really improve lives in communities. So, you know, today's going to be a really exciting episode because we have somebody with us who is not only a physical therapist from the Pacific Northwest, but is also a thought leader in the world of, of rehabilitation and kind of performance enhancement. So, you know, you're going to want to listen up really closely today is I think there's going to be a lot of really keen insights and learning lessons that one can take from this particular episode. Today, I'm, I'm really proud to introduce Shannon O'Kelly, who is the president of IRG Physical Therapy that operates clinics across kind of Washington State and the Pacific Northwest. And, you know, Shannon is a physical therapist, is somebody that, that does a lot kind of in thought leadership in this space, and, and also is, a, you know, still keeping a keen eye on the, his clinical view to try to find ways to improve outcomes. So, Shannon, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, Mark, thanks for having me. And what a wonderful introduction. Thank you for those kind words. I really appreciate that. You know, I'm excited to be on with you and talk about some really what I think is innovative ideas that you have in your organization at ABI Wellness. We're excited to collaborate. Collaboration is the new word we're all using and and following a lot. And collaborating with ABI Wellness is going to be fantastic, not only for our organizations, but the general population. So thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. And is there anything in the intro there, Shannon, that, that you think I may have missed or you, or you might want to add? Yeah, no, you did, a, you did a great job. I think uh, one of the things that we've always done at IRG is innovation. And I think when people ask me sometimes, what is unique about IRG? I like to say we're very innovative. We've always look, been looking and looked forward to opportunities to always be out in front of what I call the healthcare pendulum. As you and I both know, healthcare is a big business. It's an ever-changing business, whether it's reimbursement, staffing, educational opportunities, the changes in services that we're providing, and always being innovative and looking out in front of that pendulum and making sure we're in front of that pendulum to be innovative. And that's why I'm so excited to develop a collaborative partnership with ABI Wellness because talk about innovative, you guys have some really neat stuff going on there from an innovation standpoint. And again, it's more important, not just being innovative, but figuring out ways to better serve our community. You know, one of the things here at IRG, we talk about when we look at our community, we talk about our patients, we talk about our team, and we talk about our community. So those are the three spheres of influence we talk about. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited uh, for for what you and I and our organizations are going to do together. Oh, it's, it's very exciting. And, you know, watch out world because you've got two relatively excitable guys here together <laughs> uh, that, are, that, are, that are excited to really serve the community in innovative ways because some of the population that we've been talking about really need innovation right now. And, you know, maybe in kind of 
some of your main message for the listeners that might be out there listening right now, you know, what is, you know, number one, a population that, that is challenging to treat and to assess, you know, what are one or two of those populations that, that you might want to highlight that, that can be a little bit challenging to really assess and then treat? Well, you know, I mean, when we first started talking, I mean, what I was really intrigued about with ABI wellness is the process, the phases of rehab and the objectivity that you have when it comes to treating traumatic brain injury or concussion. You know, here at IRG, we've always been, again, very involved in our community through athletic training services. So we have several contracts with high schools, community college. We take care of a WHL hockey team here in Everett, Washington. And, you know, we see a lot of concussion. And it used to be that you could do an initial study preseason and get a baseline. And then maybe if the, if the athlete had a concussion, you would retest them. But, you know, it was always kind of a little bit of a guessing game and almost subjective whether or not you return this player to activity. And then there's the pressure that comes with that. You know, you have the pressure from the athlete. You know, no athlete wants to sit out or no person wants to sit out because they have a traumatic brain injury and or concussion. Parents, coaches, I mean, the need to play. But it's so important that we have good data and good objective data to be able to return these people and progress their treatment. So having that kind of care pathway and that data to move those people along will be huge. You know, as a physical therapist, I think every physical therapist out there, your training and your foundation is based in neural. Any good therapist will tell you, it may have not been my favorite class, but (laughs) neuroanatomy was my most important class. And that's what we're doing here in rehab is, The big word that you and I both love, I know you love it because I see you light up when I say it, is neuroplasticity, neuroplasticity. And that's what rehab is, Mark. Rehab is taking that patient, identifying the challenges, the, um, the needs, the dysfunction, and then figuring out how to facilitate those neural connections or neuroplasticity to rehab that. So traumatic brain injury, concussion, uh, the, the, the CVA or the stroke population. Those are always challenging. So we're excited to, to yeah. do more of those patient and get into that patient population with this collaboration. No, I love that. I think that's really exciting. And, you know, sorry to delve right in there, but, you know, it's, no, um, no. it's exciting to draw on, your, on all of your experience. And, you know, for people that are listening here, these could be individuals that may have suffered a traumatic brain injury or a stroke. These may be professionals. They might be new PTs that are just out of college. These could be just people interested in the topic of of brain health and brain mastery. And brain mastery is really the name of the podcast. You know, given all of your experience and given the population that that might be listening to this message here, what would you like for kind of a main thematic message for people to better understand, you know, especially maybe even related to that word you're talking about around neuroplasticity? Yeah, you know, there's, there's options, there's help, there's opportunities. I mean, You know, one of the things that got me involved and interested in physical therapy as a young college student, you know, kind of going through college, lost, what do I want to do when I grow up type thing, you know? So when I, when I, you know, realized and was introduced to the world of physical therapy, it's like, oh my gosh, this is built for a guy like me, right? And, uh, you know, giving people hope. I've seen and I've experienced the concussed patient. I've seen the traumatic brain injury patient. You know, they just want to be 
back on that road to recovery and get back to whatever it is was normal for them. And your brain, obviously, you and I both appreciate how powerful it is. I mean, I like to say everything we do starts between our ears, really, you know? And uh, so being able to provide opportunity and hope and objective data and a skill set to help these people get better. That's our goal is to take someone who has an injury or a condition and get them where they're functioning and being what we like to say at IRG, we want everybody to be their best self. So this is an opportunity for us to help people be their best self. I love that. And you know, that's something that I really feel from you and your team. And I really see this sense of inquiry, you know, something that I I really appreciate about you, Shannon, is the energy you bring to this work is infectious. And you know, I think it can really help people to maybe better understand what may be possible um, yes. when we're trying to help people. And you know, maybe there's an example that for, for people out there that are that are trying to contextualize, you know, some of what you're saying, maybe in some of your work, maybe on the physical side even, what's an example of an innovation that you've experienced yourself clinically that you've seen really start to help to change the way therapies are done over the years? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, uh, when I look at my career and the path of my career, I think as a physical therapist and as a physical therapy population or career, it's changed a lot from the standpoint, we are now doctorates of physical therapy. So everybody that comes out of school in today's world has four years of undergrad and then three years of graduate school. So they come out with what we call a doctorate of physical therapy, DPT. But more importantly, the organization and the profession has gotten into a lot more dependence on evidence in medicine or treatment or using evidence. So, you know, maybe 34 years ago when I first started, we used some modalities and some interventions, but we just did them because that's what everybody did, right? And now we're doing them. So much more opportunity for education, clinical growth, professional growth, using data, using results, uh, outcomes to really kind of help the patient and being able to use clinical reasoning to try to say what is working and what's not working and changing that course of treatment to get those outcomes. So that's a huge kind of a, a, a thing that I've seen in, in our profession. Yeah, absolutely. And is there one condition kind of in particular that you can think of? Like just uh, like it could be gait retraining, could be anything that you've really seen earlier on in your career with an idea. And now you're like, oh my God, this is just what we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think initially, you know, when we started doing all the techniques, when I went through PT school, you know, we did things because that's kind of what we were instructed to do. Now, the younger therapists that are coming out of school, I mean, they're so specialized and so highly trained and the neurology and the neuroanatomy and the neurophysiology and the neuroendocrinology and everything they're getting. We know that it's so important. I don't, I don't really care if you're training an athlete that has an ACL reconstruction. You still have to facilitate those muscles, that proprioception, that neural pattern to kind of work. And we used to use things like PNF and the rude technique, kind of knowing that we're facilitating the neuro, the neural system, enhancing and building those neural circuitries or neuroplasticity. But now we know the why and we know it works. So it's much more in neuroscience, it's much more evidence-based, evidence I should say. And what's really cool, if I can say cool, because I think it's really cool, <laughs> is that young therapists are coming out 
and they're going into residency programs and they're specializing. So we're seeing a lot more, a uh, lot, an increase in younger therapists coming out and specialize in doing a residency in neurology, you know? And so, so cool. uh, it, yeah, it really, it really, it really is cool. And the important thing is, I think what we're realizing is, you know, in our business, you know, we're connecting the community, we're collaborating, we're educating, we're teaching. We know those relationships are so important. And we like to talk about what I call going towards the light, going towards the light. And going towards the light means that we are emphasizing what I call the soft skills. And that's mindfulness, that's intent listening, that's education, that's teaching. So it's building that human relationship because in healthcare, we need that. And the people that really need that are these folks that we're talking about here that have sustained a concussion or TBI. Can you imagine losing your ability to put together a sentence or you know, not recognize a loved one or whatever it is because you've had some kind of a, a stroke or a TBI or a concussion. I mean, we we can we can change lives, Mark, and that's what's really yeah. cool about what we what we do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Changing lives. Yeah, I, I love it, and that's something that really struck me. You know, we came to know each other through a mutual friend who mm-hmm. who had a stint in professional hockey. Just a wonderful human being, and you know, he it really kind of parlays well to what you're talking about. Is so many people out there right now are struggling. And they don't even yeah. necessarily recognize that there's an option, you know, at least a choice when we're struggling, when we're in community and we have these chronic kind of cognitive symptom presentation that's attention, memory, planning, fatigue, maybe probably, Shannon, hey, in conjunction with other physical and possibly mental health comorbidities, there's options now available. And there's going to be more options that hopefully through what we're doing together, we're going to be able to inspire at least the opportunity to make a more informed choice to get the kind of programming that one might need when we're sitting in community right now. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, even right now, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know if you know this or not, but I ended up getting COVID back in November of 2020 and that brain fog is real. I mean, I'm a 59 year old man that had COVID and my symptoms were fairly mild. But there is some long hauling, long hauler type symptoms that create this brain fog. And uh, so I think just being able to, that's what we're doing. We talk about innovation and collaborating. You develop these platforms in healthcare, and then all of a sudden you're reaching out and you're saying, who can I collaborate with? And, you know, I think healthcare has changed a lot, Mark, where it used to be everybody was protective. All these disciplines were really protective of their turf. And physical therapy is guilty of this sometimes, you know, because just the nature of our business. But my motto is, you know, reach out and collaborate because it just opens up opportunities. And ultimately, what we're all about, you and I both, it's not about you and me. It's about the patient. And it's about changing that patient's lives, particularly when you have a neural condition such as a CBA. Can you imagine all of a sudden waking up one morning, everything's fine, and you have a small stroke, and next thing you know, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you've got some communication problems, some attention problems, maybe some paralysis. I mean, that's, that's, I, you know, I just couldn't imagine that. Right. You know? Uh, well, so. and, it, and I think it's such a good point because medicine's done a really great job and there's so many wonderful people, innovators out there that have done this remarkable research to better understand how to help people that are struggling. When we look at what's going on in the cardiac field, when we look at what's going on in, in some other you know, uh, therapeutics related to cancer, immunotherapies, you know, things are coming along. And it's exciting to be speaking with you and other innovators that we both know, where we think about the opportunity for 
better non-invasive behavioral cognitive interventions that can really help people to better help themselves. And what's so cool about it is that not only are they helping themselves to increase their capacity, but also they're building the underlying habit required to sustain that on the long term. And maybe you could talk a little bit about that, because I think sometimes that's not talked about. Yeah, you know, I mean, you had me at hello, by the way, when you and I first met, you know, (laughs) I mean... You know, I, I love the fact that you're teaching people and changing habits, and that's really what it's about. As therapists, that's always a big challenge for us is the compliant patient, right? The home exercises. And what I love about your platform is it's 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 multifaceted with phases, but you mentioned just earlier it incorporates cardiac conditioning and movement and exercise. There is a ton of data out there. You and I both have seen it just with Alzheimer's, for example, that a a, a good diet and exercise might delay the progression, right? And I think that's what's really cool about what we're doing together is looking at everything in the multifaceted approach, including cardiovascular, and then also accountability and being able to get the patient engaged because really our, our job as providers and clinicians and researchers is get the patient engaged. You don't have anything unless you don't have an engaged patient, right? And I think that's what's huge about what we're going to do together is engage the patient and the family in their care, right? And I love the data. I love the cardiovascular aspect of it. I love the wellness. I like the mindfulness. You know, that's again, what we call at IRG here is going towards the light. Don't forget why you became a clinician. Don't forget why you're involved in what you do because it's the humanity of it, right? That's what we want to do is we want, we want to treat people, not paper. And that's a big thing, Mark, you know, uh, in, in our world, when you look at clinical burnout, you know, um, People burn out and, and clinicians burn out because of the regulatory compression, the paperwork, the documentation. That's all the non-clinical stuff that, uh, you know, to be honest with you, there's not, a, there's not a clinician out there that likes paperwork. It's a necessary thing that we have to do, but we want to treat people, right? And that's what, that's what we got into this for. Yeah. And so being able to do that and change lives and going towards those, those soft skills is huge for us. And I love this platform because I have clinicians what we try to do at IRG is, what is your passion? You know, if, if cycling is your passion, if sports medicine is your passion, we'll build on that. If neuro is your passion, and I have a lot of therapists that love concussions, love TBIs, they like to treat that. And we are so excited to be able to give them that passion, that platform. That's going to be cool, huh? Oh, it's the best. And, you know, I just, I, I love what you're saying there because that would really resonate for me was to treat people, not paper. I, that really sat with that comment because that's one thing I came to learn as you and I were talking earlier, you know, when I was trying to better understand this work and where we might be able to help, it was really helping to automate more of that process of assessment to treatment and live tracking, because that was really problematic for so many clinicians. They're burning out doing multiple siloed assessments that were required and important, but we heard that challenge and developed, I know it's something you makes you smile. We developed a system that helps to automate some of that, that really enables people to do more, clinicians to do more of that. Because I believe most people, I'm with you, most people did not get into this work to do multiple assessments all day long. They want to be able to have the right assessment done. They can have the correct data to be able to develop the right, the right protocol to help that patient. So I really like that comment. Beautifully said, Mark. I mean, that's exactly what it is, is you have to have the data so you can make a clinical judgment or clinical reasoning, we call it, 
to change the protocol to get to the results. That's what we're trying to do. And that's something that's really changed a lot, not just the evidence in practice today in treatment, but also the outcomes and having the functional scales to look at, to assess from an objective standpoint, how someone is progressing. Love it. A patient, for example. Yep. So you're a positive guy, an optimistic guy. If you're only to pick one thing, one great thing about this work, what would that be? That When you think about innovation, rehab med, what's the one great thing that consistently resonates for you about this work? About the work that we do here at IRG and together, it's the future. I mean, it really is the future. It's, it's the future. You know, my job as the CEO and president here of IRG is to look out, you know, the one, the three, the five-year plan. I'm sure you do the same thing as a CEO, kind of what is going on in the future. And I think the future is bright. I think the future is very positive for everybody involved. And the future is engagement with patients, teaching, instructing, adaptability, being flexible and changing as our society changes. And, um, you know, the, the, I mean, 70 is a new 40, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, 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 and it's the understanding people are starting to understand, you know, what's really cool, Mark, is that we can talk about mental health now without having a stigma. You know, if you had a traumatic brain injury when you were 15 and you might've, it might've slowed you down cognitively, you were automatically pushed in the background and kind of not recognized. You know, we've all experienced a friend that maybe had a motorcycle accident or something happened. I have a couple that I grew up with and it's, it's sad. And now there's acceptance of mental health. There's understanding of mental health. We talk about mindfulness now it's okay. You know, it's okay not to be okay type stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's really positive. And I, I think just the future is, is, is great. Physical therapy has got such an opportunity. I think we can really be in the forefront of treating musculoskeletal disease. I think we're getting some credibility in the world, coming out with doctorates of physical therapy, understanding pharmacology, radiology, physiology, using evidence. I think we're going to be really in the forefront of love the rehab world. Yeah. I totally so. love it. And I see this. I really, it, it, it resonated for me. I, I met with one, someone I'll introduce you to. He's a wonderful guy up here in North Vancouver, just a great human being similar kind of conversation. He's a great guy. And we were talking about, you know, innovation in his space and he's a doctor. And, but one of the challenges that we were talking about was that the discrepancy between multidisciplinary and interdisciplinary as models. And we're really talking about that. And it really made me think about what you kind of just said as I extract your hope for the future, which I love one great thing, the future. I agree. I feel like it's trending the right way to ultimately have people have more options to choose methods that will help them on the long term with their habits. And, you know, really understanding, though, be careful in calling yourself an, an interdisciplinary clinic or a multidisciplinary clinic. Interdisciplinary, truly, we're working together at baseline, at assessment. We're already thinking about, okay, where do I pull in massage? Where do I pull in chiro? Where do I need mental health support? Like, it's already factored in thought of and resourced, you know, inside of the assessment so that we're thinking about the deployment of resources and use of resources, and most importantly, the time of that patient and, and that clinician, whereas multidisciplinary is still relatively siloed, still really useful, but there's a distinction there. And I really, th I think that resonated with what, with the message that you just said. So thank you for sharing that. 
Yeah, it's it's huge, Mark. It's huge in healthcare. I've seen a huge change in that. Matter of fact, I just interviewed a couple of physicians, just for example, the other day that work in a pituitary gland clinic, right? Where if you have a pituitary problem and they use neurosurgery, ENTs, neuroendocrinologists, physical therapists. So that's that's huge, a multidisciplinary approach, right? Or huge. And we're seeing it go that way, right? With the EMR, yeah. the electronic health record, shared charting. We're seeing it go that way. And I think about the future when someone presents with a particular set of symptoms, maybe, well, not maybe, definitely in the future, the accessibility to the right type of care quickly. It's happening. And that's huge. Yeah, you know, it's happening right now. That's been my frustration, I guess, in the physical therapy world is that a lot of times a physical therapist, when they get a patient, they automatically assume they can treat it. And, you know, it's okay to say, Hey, uh, the business down the road, my peer mm-hmm. down the road, yeah. you know, Mark is a excellent spine therapist. That's his specialty. You really should see him and it's okay to collaborate like that. Right. And, you know, use resources around us. It's better. It's, it's oh, better. Yeah. And, and it's about, I love what you said around the soft skills or the relationships. So incredibly important. And, you know, to hit on what you just kind of mentioned is if there was only one thing, well, only one that frustrated you about this work, you already kind of hit on it, but maybe you could elaborate just a little bit further. If there's one thing that just gets you kind of fired up and frustrated about this work in, in rehabilitation and in concussion and brain injury, what might that be? Well, I think that's, I, I, I think the one thing is, I think we have to collaborate more. And I think we've spent so much time not collaborating because we've protecting our businesses, right? I'm um, in the States here in, in, in the Pacific Northwest, you know, our business is built on referral relationships, right? We have direct access, mean patients can come to us and see us as physical therapists without that referral, but we spent a lot of time in that referral relationship, right? So it's many, many years that physical therapists maybe were not not collaborating because they were protecting their turf, so to speak. And I understand that's the business model, right? But now we need to collaborate. And I think that's the frustration. We spent a lot of time siloed and now it's an opportunity to unsilo and collaborate. Like I just said, it's okay if my peer up the road is really good with ACLs and, and he or she gets their ACL patients rehabbed and back on the field in six months, it takes me seven. I should refer. That's just not my skill set, right? I mean, we all have to have a we all have to have a good foundation. But when we're doing IRG here, what we're really doing at IRG is trying to identify where is your passion as a therapist, where is your skill set, and we want you to work in that passion and that skill set, and we want you to be an expert there, and we want to be able to refer within our organization. You call it interdisciplinary, I think. Refer to yeah. other therapists that are better at that and have a passion for that. We all want to wake up every morning and go to work and love it, right? Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. And yeah. Hundred percent. And I guess for the listener there who's thinking this could be anyone, they're listening to you. They're saying, "Well, but Shannon, this guy's you know built a career. He's a thought leader. He's an expert on this." Here's the message for them, though, Shannon. What happens if we don't start to collaborate? What happens? What's the risk if we actually don't do this? Well, the, uh, I think the risk is is that we're we we have the same old same old, right? Yeah. I mean, no no one grows. I mean, what I found, you know, Mark, several years ago, I decided to be very transparent with my my team and uh, my group, and started talking about things that maybe owners did not talk to their staff therapists about. And I'm like, they need to know. We need to be transparent, and you know, and that transparency helped me grow. 
and help them grow. And the risk is we're stagnant. And the risk is, is that the ultimate person that, that doesn't win is the patient, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. why would I want to keep treating a patient so I can produce? I mean, the reality, the business side of the healthcare business is why would I want to keep treating a patient if I'm not going to get him or her better, but I'm producing revenue? That's not what it's about. No. You know, you, you have to be successful in business, but you also have to have results. And those results are based on what is your passion? What are you good at? What is your skill set? And you're going to see that in physical therapy. You're going to see more people starting to specialize, just like the orthopedic community. If you look at an orthopedic surgeon in the States, you know, they don't come out as a general orthopedist anymore. They have a fellowship. So they have a specialization. Not that they don't have a general orthopedic background, but they specialize in sports medicine, spine surgery, total joints foot and ankle. So we're seeing specialization in healthcare. And I think that's good. You know, I think it's yeah. good. I think, you know, the virtual stuff and, and has been okay. And I think it's something that is a good platform for certain people. But I also think you got to have those soft skills. You have to can focus on those soft skills. People want to feel good about themselves. We're talking about the brain, peel the onion back. Everybody wants to be told great job today, Mark. Great job yeah. today. That just 100%. makes you feel good. We need to do more of that too. I agree. I agree. And it all, each journey starts with one step, right? And I I think that's such a, such an important uh, message, Shannon, that I think will resonate for everybody because, you know, even for that patient, that person that's experiencing these chronic symptoms to know that, Hey, we're all human. And, you know, this group out here at IRG or, or any organization, they're actually motivated to help you to help yourself. Remember that. They're a conduit. Yeah. They're enabling you to give you a plan so you can help yourself and ultimately carry that forward for the rest of your life. And hopefully when you leave their care, you continue to take that philosophy to everything else that you're doing. And then ultimately everybody starts to win over time. Absolutely. Uh, you hit it right on the nail. I, I, I love that also. That's exactly help yourself. We'll give you the tools, but you have to be engaged in that platform. Yeah. Uh, yeah. help and, help and you've got other. a great group there. I mean, I've gotten to know the team over there and thank you. A, and, and an awesome likewise. group of people. Uh, so for people that are out there, you know, now as we get more towards the, you know, closing this out, you know, this conversation, I've really enjoyed it. You know, when you think about your hope for the future, what would that be? And just a few words. And I think I know what it is, but if there was just a, if Shannon was able to, to shape that complete future, what is it in this world? Well, my vision is private practice, physical therapist, being their best self and creating engagement and opportunities for our patients to be their best self. That's what it's all about. It's about taking care of each other. You know, real quick, Mark, I mean, one of the things that we talk about here at IRG is not only being your family's physical therapist, you know, we want to be your family's physical therapist. It's ironic that people have a family attorney They have a family doctor. They might have a family pastor or priest, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. they don't talk about a family physical therapist. At IRG, we want to be your family's physical therapist. The other thing that's super important for us right now, and I I know you like this and I know you would agree because that's the type of guy you are having to get to know you, is we talk about being your neighborhood physical therapist. And the reason we talk about that is because a couple of years ago, I was watching a documentary on Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, yeah, an, yeah. an amazing, amazing guy, amazing guy. Amazing. And the way, he, the way he interacted, the way he engaged with his guest, how he got to their level, talked to them, you know, he generally cared. He had empathy. He had connectivity. And our goal here at IRG is to be your neighbor 
physical therapists because we feel right now the world, we need neighbors. We need neighbors. We need to be neighbors. We need to be good neighbors. That's why I'm from the, the United States. You're from Canada. We're good neighbors, buddy. We're neighbors, so, buddy. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love that. And it, it, it makes me want to go to the closet and grab a sweater, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. hey, by the way, each of those sweaters was handmade by I his know. wife. <laughs> I know. I read that. Yeah. Amazing. Just everybody out there, just think about what Mr. Rogers did. If we could all be like Mr. Rogers, the world would be softer, better. And, 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 and much more human, right? So a hundred percent. And yeah. so for the people that are listening here, you know, they might need that community therapist. They might need that neighborly, you know, physiotherapist or, or rehab med help. You know, how do people that are out there right now get a hold of you, access your services and get the kind of support from, from one of the team members? Yeah, just go to IRGPT.com. That's IRGPT.com. That's the best way to get to our website. Okay. That, that's excellent. Well, Shannon, what a pleasure to reconnect with you on this. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to the future like you. I think it is getting better. And, you know, I mean, let's really, you know, treat people, not paper and, and keep oh. going forward doing good. I love it. I love it, Mark. Thank you so much for having me on. And real quick, I've got Kraken versus Vancouver Canucks. I'll take the Kraken. You take the Canucks, okay? <laughs> okay. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mark. Thank you very okay. much. Thanks, Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Brain Mastery Podcast brought to you by ABI Wellness. Be sure to follow us on social media channels at ABI Wellness. The statements made regarding the Bears platform and ABI Wellness have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of the Bears platform has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. The Bears platform is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here is not meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from healthcare practitioners. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. The Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act requires this notice.